You are listening to the LifePoint Church Sermon of the Week. For more resources, visit us at livethemessage.org. And uh, man, I'm excited you're back here tonight. I'm excited what God uh, has done this morning. I'm excited what he's going to do tonight. And uh, man, I just want to say, how many believe signs of wonders follow those who believe? How many believe that God can set us free tonight? He can heal us tonight. He can do some extraordinary things. So put your hand up if that's you tonight, right? Come on. I believe that God can do something tonight. And so uh, I want to share a message tonight. And uh, man, just I'm, I'm, I, tr- I always try to be serious, but I believe God created humor. Can I get an amen right there? God created humor. And so if you want to nominate me, that'd be cool. If, uh, for elder, right, board or something like that. That'd be cool. I'd like to, I'd like to give it a shot at it, but I won't move from Vegas. So uh, I'm excited. All that God's doing in this church, I do want to thank your leadership. Thank you so much for leadership in this church. Thank you so much for your buy-in, for your DNA, for you loving on this church. And I believe God is going to continue to do some things, but also he's going to do some extraordinary things through this church. How many know that Ames is, is God's city for his praise and his glory tonight. I want to share a message real quick tonight, and I want us to give right back to the altars. I would love to pray with people. I would love for us to just go after God tonight, see what the Holy Spirit can do, and uh, really to allow God to heal us. And my prayer is that every single person walks out of here totally changed, totally new, that God has stripped something away from us that's re- that is causing us not to find true freedom tonight. And that's my prayer. And this is a series that are, excuse me, a message tonight that that was, was um, brought to me by God uh, with all my heart during a 21-day fast. And uh, I had to check my heart and say, babe, am I hangry, right? I'm starving, I'm hungry. And, uh, but during a 21-day fast, God spoke the words distracted to me. Distracted. Distracted. Not because we're in Las Vegas, but I believe this is a uh, United States issue. I believe this is a culture issue where we're just simply distracted. It wasn't because I didn't have social media for 21 days. It wasn't because I didn't have any television or movies. But I simply believe that we're distracted in this life. And so when the Lord spoke, my wife went, I mean, she was like, you need to hurry up and preach this message because I was like, we're distracted, right? Every single thing. We passed a red light. We're distracted, you know. And, and how come we haven't been there yet? Or how come our church isn't where it's supposed to be? Babe, because we're distracted. And this really became a, uh, I believe, just a prophetic voice for our culture today. We are simply distracted. John 10.10 says this in the Bible. It says, the thief only comes to steal, and you don't have to put it out there, right? The thief only comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But can I kind of take scripture out of context for, is that all right? Uh, Drew, he want, he's, like, he's got to kick me out of here, but I'm his bro. But I really believe that, that I want to take that word, that simple word destroy, and put in distract. The thief only comes to steal, to kill, and to distract, because the devil doesn't need to destroy you if he can only distract you. Can I say that again? Can I get a feedback this morning? I'll just, uh, I keep saying this morning. What the heck am I, right? But can I get some feedback tonight and say amen? Because if the devil can't destroy you, I believe he's just going to distract you. Distract you from making a difference. He doesn't need to make you bad. He just needs to make you busy. He just needs to make you busy. And when we're busy, we begin to throw away or cast off the things of God. And so tonight, I want to dive into Matthew chapter 13. This is what it says, and I'm pumped, I'm excited. So here's Matthew chapter 13, Jesus telling a parable or a story. And so anytime Jesus tells a parable or a story, we got to listen up. And so this is what Jesus says. I'm going to paraphrase all the way up until verse 22. So I encourage you, take this scripture tonight. Read it when you're at home. Read it on your audio book, on the Bible. Read it anywhere, listen to it. 
But Jesus is telling his disciples a story, and this is what he says. Jesus says, I have a story about a farmer, and he has some seeds. He cast some seeds on a path, and the birds came up and snatched the seeds. He came up through seeds on the rocky places, but because it was on the rocky places, the sun came and scorched it. And what he's doing is he's telling us what's happening to different seeds that are deposited in our life. He says the seeds that are thrown the thorns, they're, they're choked by the thorns. The seeds amongst the thorns are the, also, they're sabotaged by the weeds. It's verse 22 I want to really dive into, and this is what it says, word for word. And Jesus said, the seeds falling amongst the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. Verse 23, but the seeds falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word, they understand it, that this is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, a sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Come on, how many like that kind of seed right there, right? Give me a hundredfold in the name of Jesus, right? Whether it's my money, my spiritual life, my prayer life, if I lay hands on the sick, hundred people are going to get saved. Come on, somebody. We love that. But here's what I want to address today, that there's some great seeds of purpose in our life that the thief wants to choke by distracting. He wants to distract you. He wants to distract you. And so here's the main thought of my message you're going to hear over and over again. This is something I'm so passionate about. But I believe with all my heart that your life is too valuable, your calling is too great, and your God is too good to be distracted by things that do not matter. Can I get a good shout to tonight? Say amen. That your calling is way too valuable. Your life is too valuable. Your calling is too great. Your God is too good for us to be distracted by things that do not matter. I'm going to segue into a story. We uh, purchased a home several years ago, my wife and I. Um, we purchased a home that we sold it. We moved 45 minutes across town without knowing where our church was going to be. We went to 16 different locations, 16 different schools, and said, God wants us to start a church. We're starting a church called Avenue Church. Can we plant here? And at 16 schools said, no, no. And so we had no idea where we're going to go. So we bought our house, and lo and behold, we found a campus that was, um, that was donated to Opportunity Village in our city by Ralph Inglestead, who's in Grand Forks. And uh, when I saw it, I pulled in, got a tour, and said, this is where we're going to call home. But we bought our house before we even knew where our church was. And so when we bought our house, in the backyard, we have what's called uh, um, dirt, right, like desert. That was all there was in the backyard. And so we, we renovated our backyard. We put in some pavers back there. We put in what's called artificial turf. It's amazing. Talk about that this morning. Come on, somebody. Because I told my wife, I ain't mowing this. You know what I mean? Like, get a lot more done. That was awesome. I, what you do today? I mowed the yard. <laughs> All day long? Yes, that's it. So we got some turf back there. And then we, got, we went to a place called Star Nursery. Now, I don't know what you guys have in here, like, but we got to go somewhere and buy stuff, right? We got to go somewhere and buy plants. We bought a bunch of, uh, what do we buy? Uh, lantanas and all these different things. And then as our way out of Star Nursery, my wife goes, ooh, what's that? And it was just beautiful. I had like pink, and it was just beautiful. It's behind me, but up near the whole time, right there's behind me. And this is called a bogavalia. And so when she saw it, she's like, this is so beautiful. I mean, this was such a nice plant. They had it on display. And it was like, it was like the mannequin of plants at this place. And so my wife said, let's get these. And so we bought four, six, we bought six of these, six of these plants. 
and we brought all six home. And the reason why we were able to buy six is because they were super cheap. You'll, you'll hear in a moment why. And so we brought them all home, and I put them in the ground, and we had a drip system put in because we don't have uh, water. We just drip our plants, right? It's just everything's automatic. It's amazing. It's, 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 it's made for me. And so we got our bougainvilleas and all that. And, uh, and so we had these bougainvilleas, but we didn't know that when they grew and got mature, all right, when they grew and they got mature, put the picture other, uh, put the picture back up because I'm going to come back there, guy. I'm going to get you, all right? Sneak the picture back up there. And so they had the thorns and the bushes and all that. And when they mature, the stems grew thorns. And so it was, at first, it was like, oh, no. Like, I didn't know these thorns would appear out of nowhere. And so Levi and I, we play football in the backyard or soccer. We kick the ball. And all of a sudden, the ball would go underneath the, the, uh, the bougainvillea. And my son would be like, ow, ah, ee, ah, 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 right? And my dog is like, nope, bye, Felicia, right? My dog wouldn't even touch. My dog was smarter than the kid. I'm so sorry, kid, all right? I was like, okay, what is up with this bougainvillea? Why does it have thorns? And so here's what I found on the internet, all right? We can put it back up. Here's what I found on the internet. It says, Bougainvilleas is a widely grown landscaping plant in warmer regions such as Las Vegas, Nevada. Due to its showy cascading blooms, its long, arching, beautiful branches are thorny. They're thorny. However, care should be taken. And I was like, oh, no. Care should be taken to not come in contact with them as they are, everyone say that word. They are toxic. I'm trying to kill my kid, right? I'm trying to kill my dog. What the heck? Yeah, there are some days I'm like, get the ball, Levi. Get the ball. Get, get the ball. Some days. Some days. Not all days. Let me tell you something. We bought it because it looked good. Church, I'm here to tell you, there's something in your life, it might look good, but it's not good for you. It's a distraction. It's a thorn. Just because you look busy doesn't mean the busy is good. I really believe we're a distracted culture. A distracted life is choking us from God's plans and God's purposes. If the enemy doesn't have to destroy you if he can distract you. But here's what I realized about the soil. I realized that the good soil yields 100. It yields 60 or 30 times. But I realized the thorns are still on good soil. Thorns are still on the good soil. So the difference between good soil and the soil with thorns on it, the only difference is, is gardening. That's the only difference, is gardening. The soil on both areas that Jesus told is still good soil, but one of them had thorns on it. See, when my wife heard that we had toxic plants, I said, babe, the book of Elias, they're toxic. I don't know what's going to happen, but it says, do not come in contact with them. And we got six right in the backyard. And she, you know what she said? She didn't say, that's okay, right? Let Levi touch it. Let the dog touch it. It's fine, right? She didn't say that. You know what my wife said? She said, in the name of Jesus, pull them up, right? Get rid of them. I was like, why? And we pulled them out of the ground. Distractions can be, appear fruitful, but they're actually toxic in our lives. We got to pull them out. We got to get rid of them. So how do we garden the thorns of distractions out of our lives? I personally, I love this. I'm going to shout myself down in a minute, right? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And the reason why that's so good, because the original meaning of guard, 
to guard your heart. Don't get to my heart, right? John Chris, I think, had a video on that, right? Guard your heart, right? Uh, guard your heart. The reason why guard, guarding your heart is so powerful because the original word for guard means to tend. I need to tend my heart. Every single morning, God, tend my heart. Clip it. Uh, transform it. Change it. We are to tend our hearts from distractions. We garden by guarding. We guard our hearts by guarding. Guarding out the thorns by guarding our hearts. And this is some of the ways that we guard our hearts. We guard our hearts so that, number one, the thorns of distractions can be ripped out. Thorns of distractions, I found, could lead to an isolated heart. I mean, I have such a burden for folks that have been hurt, that have just been used and abused, that you're tired of being pricked and you're tired of being hurt by people, that what happens is you put a wall up, what happens is you close shop, and you say, you know what, I'm tired of being hurt. I'm not going to get into a small group. I'm not going to even join community. I'm going to be in the back row, and when service is over, I'm going to get right out of here. I'm going to do whatever I can to stay away from people because I've been hurt too many times. That's why i got to tell you, groups are so important. It's so important to say, you know what, I've been hurt, but this is the community that we're not perfect, but I'm here to tell you it's not our intention to hurt you. But allow God to heal your heart. Community keeps us pruning. You know what a small group does? A small group's fun. It's amazing to get together and have information through God's word, but also there's transformation by community. To be say, hey, I've been hurt before. I'm going to ask you, will you pray with me? Will you allow God to heal my heart? The Bible says if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just. He will forgive us, but God loves for us to confess our sins to what? To one another so that he can heal us. So you know why I have an isolated heart? Because I've, been, I've had thorns in it. Number two, thorns will begin to produce an offended heart. I'm just offended. Did you know what happens if you have an offended heart? You begin to personalize the attacks. You begin to blame everybody around you. And can I tell you firsthand, can I be transparent tonight, it is much easier to blame than it is to prune. It's so easy to say, but they. And God is saying, hey, I'll take care of they. But what about you? What about your heart? See, guarding your heart doesn't mean you push people away. It means you allow God's word to change your heart and to let people in. There are some people in your life that are abusive and destructive, and God needs to give you the insight, the power, and the wisdom to push them away. But that's why you have to come in community. People around you that will strengthen you, that will hold your arms up, that will fight the fight with you so that you're not fighting alone. I'm here to tell you, we cannot be so distracted because the busyness can create a greedy heart. A greedy heart. The love of money, the Bible says, is the root of all evil. Listen to me. Money isn't evil. It's a gift from God. It's a gift from God. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 9 says, Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Folks, I'm here to share with you. We're, we are choked by things that we think we need. That we give our kids everything, but we end up with nothing because all they want is you. And I'm here to tell you, gentlemen, that sometimes we find our identity in what we do, not who we are. And I'm here to tell you that's a distraction from the enemy. 
that you don't provide, you don't work, you're not moving up in your career, doesn't make you a loser or nobody. The Bible says that you're God's masterpiece, that God put purpose inside of you before he even placed you on this earth. I'm here to tell you, don't find your identity in what you do, find your identity in who he is. The kids just want a dad. And I'm here to tell you that when you're so distracted, you become your own king. God says that he is the king of kings, and so the Bible says that the Satan, he's the prince of darkness. So if God is king of the light, and the devil is the prince of darkness, then who's the king of darkness? What the enemy wants to do is say, no, 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 I'll be prince, and you be king of your life. Because if I can make you king, then guess what? You're in control of it all. That means worry, fear, desires, it's all on you, not on God. And that becomes a distracted life. Don't be so distracted. See, giving removes greed. Give a thorn of green greed tonight, tithe, and give over and beyond. Because a heart of generosity will begin to change the world. But here's the number four I wrote down. The craziness of life can create a worried heart. A heart full of anxiety, a fear. I want you to understand, I believe in doctors. I believe in medicine. I believe in all those things. But I also believe in God's word. But the devil can destroy us by simply getting us to worry. The devil can destroy us by simply getting us to worry. Because I believe with all my heart, a worried mind will destroy itself. A worried mind will isolate it. A worried mind will distract it from God's promises. I believe a worried mind has so much power that it will begin to refuse healing, begin to refuse surrender. See, worrying is stressing about things that might not happen. It drives my wife nuts because that's how I live. Babe, it's probably not going to happen. Come on. It's going to be okay. And that's why we're such a good couple. I have vision. I'm like, babe, this is where we're going. She's like, how are we going to get there, right? I don't know. It's all Jesus. Come on. It's going to be okay. Praise the Lord. But worried about money. We're worried about stuff. We're worried about the future. And I'm here to tell you, your life is too valuable, and your calling is too great, and your God is too good to be worried by things that do not matter. Can I get a good amen? Amen. And here's my heart. Here's my desire. I don't want to preach a cute message tonight. What I want to do tonight is allow God to heal you of worry, fear, and anxiety because it's a control problem. It's a distraction. It's something in our life that's keeping us down. That is all just thorns in our lives that are choking the seeds of purpose. And so here's what we're supposed to do according to God's word. We are to remove the thorns, right? Makes sense to me. Remove the thorns. But the weeds are what I found interesting. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 through 30. Jesus told them another story. I love this. They're like, Jesus, what do you mean about the seeds and uh, sabotage, joke, what is that, all that? And Jesus goes, by the way, let me tell you another story. Disciples are like, oh, my gosh. And so this is what he says. Jesus told them another story. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and he sabotaged. The enemy came and he sowed weeds amongst the wheat, and he went away. When the wheat sprouted, the good stuff, good stuff sprouted and it formed heads. Then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and Sir, didn't you sow good seed? Didn't you do everything right? Didn't you show up at Light Point? Did you lead a small group? Did you join the worship team, greed, or whatever it is? You did it all. You did the good stuff. 
good job. Didn't you do everything right? And this is what he said. The owner of servants gave him, didn't you sow good seeds? Where did the weeds come from? In verse 28, an enemy did this, he replied. That's why I tell my wife every single time we have weeds in our front yard, right? Where did the weeds come from? The enemy did it, babe. The enemy did it. You know in Las Vegas, little side note, ADD, all right? You know in Las Vegas, you know, the, you know when I'm supposed to pull my weeds? It's when the HOA sends me a letter. Come on, somebody, all right? Sorry. It's amazing about Las Vegas thing. I'll tell you, I need prayer for that afterwards, okay? Why is there a preacher in my yard, right? It says, sir, didn't you sow good seeds? Where did the, the weeds come from? He said, the enemy did this. And the service asked him, do you want us to go and pull the weeds up? I want you to catch this tonight. I, I, this is for me. I was like, ah. Do you want us to go and pull the weeds up? And he said, no. No, he answered. See, I knew Jesus was, was amazing, right? Come on, somebody. You got weeds in your yards? Do not pull them up, all right? It's in the Bible. And he said, no. Because while you're pulling up the weeds, you might uproot the weeds with them. So let them both grow together until the harvest. Let them both grow together until the harvest. I begin to realize the difference between the thorns that he was talking about and the weeds is, is that you're supposed to ignore the weeds and then remove the thorns. Ignore the weeds and remove the thorns. Because I believe with all my heart that weeds are people or circumstances, but thorns is the issue of the heart. Can I say that again? I believe with all my heart that weeds are people or circumstances. Mm, right? The people, uh, but the thorns are the issues of your heart. Weeds are just distractions around you, but the thorns are in you. Folks, we got to remove the thorns. You want to move of God? Remove the thorns. Ignore the weeds. You want to move of God? Remove the thorns. Ignore the weeds. Remove the thorns or you're going to be choked. What do you mean by that, Pastor Jimmy? What does that mean, that weeds are people or circumstances? Perhaps maybe a weed in your life is simply a family member. But maybe the thorn in that is unforgiveness every time you see them. It's Thanksgiving coming up this month. You have to go somewhere. <laughs> I don't, okay. You have to go somewhere. Maybe you see that family member, and now you have a thorn of unforgiveness towards that member. Maybe it's a coworker when you go to work tomorrow. There's a coworker who's simply a weed, but maybe there's a thorn in your life of resentment because they're not pulling their weight or they're too lazy or they're not honest enough. Maybe there's a weed in your life that was an incident that happened and, and because of that weed or incident, fear then stops you, which is a thorn now from taking a step forward in your life. Maybe something hurts you and because of that, everything hurts you in your own life. Maybe a weed in your life is decisions and a thorn becomes just anxiety. There's too many decisions to make. Don't be distracted by those who can't make a decision because you know what's worse than quitting? It's not committing. What are the weeds in your life that so many times, here's what happened in church, all we look at is the weeds. All we look at is the weeds, but we never pull the thorns. We blame the weeds but we're too distracted by the weeds. And that's exactly what the enemy wants to do. The enemy's going, no, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. When you raise your hand, when you pray, when you're at the altar, yeah, look at the weed, look at the weed, look at the weed, because there's nothing you can do about the weed until the day of harvest, and it's God's job. But when we come to the altar tonight, 
God wants to say, ignore the weeds, let's deal with the thorns. You know what unforgiveness is, the thorn of unforgiveness? Unforgiveness is like drinking poison, expecting them to die, but you're slowly dying on the inside. What are some weeds in our life that we're too, fit, we're too busy looking at that we begin to realize they have some thorns in our heart? Maybe there's a weed in your life, a situation that happened, and maybe that now you have a thorn of unbelief. I deal with so many, and I, I love those that are given church a try after they've been hurt. But maybe you've been hurt by the local church. Now you have a thorn to say, I can't trust pastors. I can't trust people. I can't trust anybody. Maybe there's a weed in your life of a leader who made a bad decision, and now you have a thorn of unforgiveness against any leader. Maybe you got a weed in your life that was a lack of hardship. Right? It's all good, Pastor Jeremy. Come on. I got money. I got stuff. I got entertainment. I got people all around me. I'm fine. But you know that lack of hardship is a weed because the thorn becomes a lack of hunger? I'm not going after the things of God. I'm fine because I'm distracted. Now, let me help you out here real quick before we get a little too spiritual tonight, all right? We're like, yes, weeds, right? We're going to go to our workplace tomorrow. Weed, right? Come on, somebody. I'm going to get my weed whacker. Come on. I want you to understand this, too, tonight. Did you know you're somebody else's weed? Hey, I'm preaching good tonight, yeah. You know you're somebody else's weed? You are somebody else's weed. Like, like the grass kind. All right, come on. You're a weed in somebody else's life that's caused a thorn. Maybe, number one, we need to forgive them in our heart, but we might have to go to them and say, I'm sorry. Because you, know forg- you know what forgiving someone is not? You don't go up to somebody and go, hey, Drew, I've hated you for the past 10 years. Will you forgive me? That is terrible. All right? Don't ever do that, right? I've hated your guts. Will you forgive me? He's like, dear God, what happened? What's his-? Like, I, didn't- I thought we loved each other. But I'm so, I believe we are so distracted. We're so distracted. And the enemy wants to distract us from the thorns and focus on the weeds. But can I tell you, weeds do not matter because your life is too valuable and your calling is too great and your God is too good for us to be distracted by the weeds that are around us. It is not the, th- it's the thorns that will begin to choke your purpose. Now, my wife and I, we avoid yard work, okay? We tried it one time in Vegas. It ain't that much, okay? We don't have a lawnmower, and so we had to, like, go to Walmart, buy prunes and knives and this little thing, right over hedgers, and plug it in, like, no gas in Vegas. It's horrible. And uh, uh, I, I, my dad would go like this, right? Stop, Tony. And so uh, one day it took us an entire eight hours, an entire eight hours just to cut and, like, make the bush look like a square or whatever, you know what I'm talking about? We live in that kind of neighborhood. I'm sorry. Don't, don't judge me. I feel the judgment here. And so it took us like eight hours, and then we had to sweep it and blow it all up into my truck, and then I took my truck all the way down to the dump, and I got to tell you, I didn't have a top for it, so I was that guy. On the freeway, it's like stuff flying out of my truck, right? I'm like, it's too dry here anyways, you know, and I got trees and branches just flying down the I-15. You're welcome. And and so we decided, okay, enough is enough. We got to get some. We got to get some landscapers. And so we called around, and finally we got this really cheap landscaper, great guy, recommendation from a friend. And the lamp, landscapers came out, and I got to tell you, they just went to town. 
right? They just went to town on there, did the whole thing. Even the guy was like, who did it before? I was like, none of none, none your business, all right? Who did it for four boss? I was like, some guy who was blind. I don't know, you know? <laughs> and so, um, so when they first came, I mean, they just went to town, beautiful, beautiful yard. They did some severe maintenance, severe maintenance. After that, they did some intense maintenance. After that, now we never notice when they come. But you know what? I know they show up because they send me a bill. Right? When did they come? Right? We got to get cameras. We don't know. I think these guys are lying to us. But every day, every week, every month, our yard looks great. Our yard looks good. And I got to tell you this. We never see them, but the yard looks amazing. But I want you to write this down. Simple surrender daily beats intense pruning annually. I'm going to say that again. Simple surrender daily beats intense pruning annually. What does that mean? If I get before my knees to Jesus every single morning, I don't have to have a once a year, oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry. Because every single day, I'm allowing God's Word. I'm allowing the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Teacher. I'm allowing God to prune the thorns out of my heart. I begin to realize, the more I begin to do that, I realize I am not bitter. I am now better. I'm a better father. I'm a better pastor. I'm a better husband because I'm simply surrendering daily. And I never saw this before, but John chapter 15, verse 1 through 4, is this what it says. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. I love that. I love that. Worship team, come on up here. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes. So it will even be more fruitful. Verse 4, Jesus said, remain in me as I also remain in you. No fruit, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Let me tell you, church, God is the great gardener. He'll prune. He'll cut. He'll remove. He'll restore. He'll heal. He'll set us free by his praise and his glory because your life is too valuable and your calling is too great your God is way too good for us to be distracted by things that do not matter. But listen to me. The Bible did not say he's a butcher. The Bible says he's a careful pruner. He's going to prune gently. The Holy Spirit's going to come in and say, hey, you've been frustrating your spiritual walk. That's because right here, there's a thorn. Hey, you've been angry, unforgiveness, bitter stuck, distracted because of this. He's not a butcher. Thank God he's not a butcher. Man, I'd be, I don't know if I have the patience. I'd be like, come on, it's right here. Cut it off. God's saying it's right here. The gentle counselor. He'll prune your heart so you become life-giving. He'll help you get excited again. Your whole demeanor will begin to change. You begin to enter the gates with praise and thanksgiving. You know what a set-free heart looks like? It's joy. It's love. It's freedom. 
bound down by addictions or sins or iniquities that we've been set free by Jesus Christ. And that is why we come together to allow the gardener to prune and to cut thorns out of our lives. Y'all forgot to tell you that we have some dead plants in our yard. Here's how I'm going to close in just a moment. The landscapers came in, some dead plants. I said, it's gone. It's, it's bye. He pruned them. We began to prune the plants. I even my wife was like, man, we got to pull them out. We got to replace them. The gardeners came in. They clipped them. And they said, not dead. <laughs> A couple of weeks later, we went outside in our backyard. We began to notice. I mean, they were, I mean, the branches broke off. They were dead. We came out in our backyard. Remember this? We came out in our backyard. They began to grow again with leaves, beautiful flowers on them. Tell you that because the gardener got to them and he said they're not dead they're just dormant there's some gifts that are living on the inside of you God has some visions some plans he wants to speak to you tonight and God is saying it's not dead just dormant just need some time at the altar of pruning time at the altar of just cutting time at the altar tonight being set free. I believe with all my heart that God wants to do a miracles tonight. I believe with all my heart, I'm going to give an invitation right now. And if you're here tonight, you say, you know what, pastor, I got some thorns in my heart. I got some thorns in my life. Is this okay if I do an altar call? If you want to just come for the front, I'm going to ask our worship team to keep going. But I want us to sing. I want us to worship. I want us to dance because I want to see God begin to heal our heart of the thorns that are in our life because we really are too valuable. Our calling really is too great. And our God is too good for us to be distracted by things that do not matter. And so that is you tonight. We just stand. We just come forward. I want us to worship him. Go ahead and start playing. But let's just go into an atmosphere tonight of worship, an atmosphere tonight of surrender, an atmosphere tonight where we begin to begin to call upon Jesus tonight. In Jesus' name, come forward, come forward, come forward, come forward. Come on, worship team. Let's begin to pray. Let's begin to ask God. God, reveal the thorns in my heart. Reveal what's keeping me from the things of God tonight. Reveal it to me today.
church. But here's what I want to do real quick is I understand that when we have intense pruning, whether the thorns sink out of our heart, whether tonight we said, man, I realize that we're looking at the weeds, not the thorns. But when the Holy Spirit begins to take our attention off the distraction, begins to help us bring our focal point to the author and perfecter of our faith, and that's Jesus. The healing's going to take place. And here's what I would love to do tonight. The Bible says signs and wonders follow those who believe. So maybe tonight, God's identified some thorns. You're walking out of here changed. You're walking out of here set free. It's going to be a journey. It's going to be a process. I don't know if you've been pricked before, but when you get pricked, it's still kind of there. Right? The thorn's gone, but man, I got some damage. And God wants to heal that tonight. But not only does he want to heal that, but I also believe he wants to touch bodies tonight. You know, I'm hard of hearing. I'm deaf this year. I'm we're here today this year. I believe I can get healed. I still believe God does miracles in Jesus' name. And so let's go into the atmosphere of worship. But if you want healing tonight or if you just simply want more of God, please step out of the aisles. Just come forward and let's worship together all up here in just simply community and say, God, will you show up? God, will you come tonight. The Bible doesn't say we don't sit in a chair like, a, like we're at a restaurant and we go, Jesus, come here. Jesus, I need a Diet Coke with no ice. I need an Arnold Palmer lemonade. A pink, you know what I mean? Like, we don't do that. Jesus is not a waiter who comes to you and goes, yeah, 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 yeah. What do you want? Jesus is standing at the edge of eternity going, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. You know what God's saying? God's saying, I'll meet you halfway. Come on. You know why? Because faith without works is dead. God said, I just need faith. For somebody in this room, your greatest step of faith is simply going to be stepping out. Say, God, touch me. God, heal me. God, touch me. God, heal me tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus. This has been the LifePoint Church Sermon of the Week. For more resources, visit us at livethemessage.org.